the 1950s, America and Korea were at war. The space race took off with the launch of Sputnik. The Cold War was heating up, and comic books came under fire. With the threat of nuclear attack came the concern of radiation and its effect on life. Fears of a communist invasion, technological advances, and creatures from beyond our moon spread across the country. But worry not, my friends, for you are safe in the spoiler room with the crew. So grab your favorite drink and pull up a chair as they discuss monster films from this decade in... It came from the 50s. And welcome once again, folks, to the spoiler room. And it came from the 50s special is again upon us. And tonight we've got one from the 50s uh called the she creature from 1956 and i've got a couple of crew members who uh, decided to join me in watching this film and wanting to discuss it and so first off we have him back from parts unknown it is mr jason zulliger jason's back with us hi jason hi mark i'm very happy to be here oh we're glad to have you back you're sounding sexy too you got a new microphone (laughs) <laughs> yes, I do. You do. Awesome. <laughs> Your sweet, sweet pipes are awesome tonight. So. And uh, next to Jason is the one and only diva of the spoiler room. So glad to have her in the room tonight. It is Dawn. Hello, Dawn. How are you? I am lovely. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Jason. Good evening. Great to hear and glad you're here because I'm definitely going to be interested on your thoughts for this 1956 fantasy horror romance movie as it's tagged on IMDb. And Jason, did you want to give the summary of the she creature? Um, sure. Um, <clears throat> we have uh carnival hypnotist uh, Vince. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, Carlo Lombardi. Uh, he's <laughs> able to, <laughs> he's able to take his subject, Andrea back through, past lives and he keeps her uh under control under his control with his powers and he's even able to take her back to a past life from the beginning of time to when she was a primordial sea creature and uh when he does that the sea creature actually physically manifests itself comes out of the ocean and uh murders people and um basically uh lombardi hooks up with a uh a rich businessman who helps him market his act and he becomes rich and famous. And then there's this uh, psychic researcher, Dr. Erickson and uh, police Lieutenant James. They think Lombardi's a charlatan and responsible for the murders, but they can't prove anything. And then there's a uh, Erickson falls in love with Andrea and, you know, it kind of goes on from there. <laughs> it does. It does. Go on from there. Oh, wow. Yeah. The she creature. Let's, we're going to start with Don first. Don, your initial feelings, as we always do with these shows, what's your initial feelings with the she creature? Um, well, <laughs> okay. It was. It, 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 it had its moments of amusement, it had a few lines that definitely made me laugh it was overall fairly uninspired <laughs> it, it lacked it lacked a lot of the charm that most of uh the 50 b grade 
classic horrors ha- and sci-fi films have. And yeah. and yeah, that's that was my first impression. I mean, I don't know how in depth you want me to get in immediately, or and how much you want me to save for the conversation. No, we'll uh, we'll get in deeper soon. I just wanted to get kind of the general feel first. And, yeah, uh, it's 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 okay. Yes. <laughs> and Jason, how about you? You're a fan of these type of movies as well. How do you feel about? the she creature and was this your first viewing uh yes actually it was my first viewing and i i kind of similar feelings um as dawn uh, i think it was okay it was not very good but there were parts of it that were fun and there were certainly aspects of it that i did like so i didn't feel it was a waste of time and uh, particularly i just kind of like to check out these types of movies and um while it wasn't great i'm glad i watched it (laughs) i am i am too this was a first time watch for me as well i had always seen you know bits and pieces and references to, but I'm like, yeah, okay. And I was glad that it was part of uh, the grouping that we all voted on, on which ones we wanted to watch. And what got me with this film, and I want to see if you guys felt the same way or whatnot, is the movie actually starts off rather strong Yes, for a film like this. I mean, it, it actually does. It caught my interest and held me for a long time. Oh, here's this Lombardi character. Oh, he walked into a room. Holy crap, there's two dead people right there, yet he knows who it is. I mean, the, the she-creature is already killed, you know, and, and it's like, oh, great, and we get all of this. And and then, like, a third of the way into the film, it just it starts to take this weird turn of a capitalist guy wanting to make money off of him mm-hmm. making references to Erickson being engaged but not because of the way those two acted with each other I couldn't quite get that relationship that they had at this this on this movie because that was like one of the things that that really threw me off and you know I mean we knew the relationship kind of between Lombardi and his uh you know his assistant but the the relationship between who was it uh, between Dorothy, um, Dorothy and Doctor Erickson. Yes. So so was was that a little bit of confusing, Jason? Because the way they wrote it, at one minute it's like they're engaged, the next minute, oh, she's chasing him, but he hasn't really committed. I, yeah, the way the way I kind of saw it was, I don't know what got the two of them together necessarily. Maybe it was in the movie and I just didn't catch it, but. Um, you know, she, Dorothy had had a fiance, but broke up with him because he was a drunk. And, um, and she was going after this Dr. Erickson, which I don't really understand because he was kind of a, I don't know, he's pretty, pretty bland. <laughs> and not, um, but for some reason, she thought he was a, he was a catch and was kind of, and he was kind of just like, yeah. I don't know if he was kind of interested, but wasn't really sure. But man, the minute he saw Andrea, it was like, forget about Dorothy. I mean, he was. (laughs) Yes. We, and we get that made a number of times from the cutaway to him when she'd walk in the room and he looked like he just saw something just the most amazing thing ever because his eyes would get huge and his head would jerk back and he'd just be like, oh. 
You know, it was. was, Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think it was supposed to be not just her looks, which very beautiful actress, but I think it was also supposed to be some sort of indicator of their powerful psychic connection. Sure, and that would, yeah, that would fit with everything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's not quite established well, but I can see that definitely now that you mention it, that, you know, there is a, a, supposed to be this kind of instant connection between them um, that's more than just, just, hey, I'm attracted to you and you're attracted to me um, going on. I, I didn't really buy any of the the romance. I mean, they they didn't sell no. the, the relationships or the yeah. a, at all. I mean, why was Dorothy going after Erickson? He wasn't anything special, and and um, Erickson, you know, is doesn't know anything about Andrea, but yet is like. And I guess okay, you throw the psychic thing in there. Maybe that was it. But um, even so, it just the the romantic relationships just didn't seem real. Yeah, it, it didn't. The, the, them trying to do relationships, I'm like, I wish, I almost wish they didn't have that in it. You didn't need that in this film. The, well, the... You know, except the relationship with, with, um, with Lombardi and Andrea, I mean, as twisted as it was, t- to me, um, the actor, um, sorry, uh, Chester Morris, yeah. uh, as Lombardi, I thought he was great in his obsession with her. I I really thought he did a a good job portraying that. Yeah, well, the relationship between him and her was important. I'm just saying, you know, the relationship with Erickson and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I felt was unneeded. Don, how about you with the relationships in this film? I mean, should they just have just kept it to Lombardi and his assistant? Um. Yes. Um, that is one of the, that is one of the big failings, the biggest failing of this film, in my opinion, compared to the other, two other films of it in its league or of its peers, Mm -hmm. um, is I think that, uh, the Dorothy character was supposed to be kind of a placeholder for that strong female character. And she was so very not that (laughs) she wasn't, she was, I mean, she was, it really seemed like she was just there to give the Dr. Erickson character straight lines. Yeah. Sure. She was the straight man. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Well, and it, it that that character, that Dorothy character, was. I mean, they even went to um, the extent of of showing her. Uh, this was kind of towards the end, um, talking again to her uh, ex fiance, the drunk, and and he kind of pours out his drink, and they're kind of maybe starting to make up a little bit, and it's like, mm-hmm. who, who cares? You, you know what I mean? It was it was a useless. Um, useless characters that had nothing to do with anything else and why you would even care what happened to them was just i don't know if it's padding out the movie or what but um yeah those weren't those were definitely weak points Mm -hmm. 
and again, that happens like a third of the way into the film. The first third of this film, I thought, was just solid. You're, you're picking up into a middle of a story in this what is smaller community who have been just taken over by Lombardi. You know, he's talking about the she creature. There's people already. There's there's been a mysterious murder. You know, you got this character where he's he's got this really creepy, weird control over his assistant. You know, you even get that cool. Uh, you know, extra uh, carny uh, guy. Who, yeah. You know, the side character who I thought was interesting to it. You know, everything like built up in that first third of the film. I'm like, I'm digging this. And then we get into Chapel going, hey, you know, it would be great. We could make lots of money with this Lombardi shtick. And I'm like, wait, what? And it, it, it takes this turn. Well, it, I, go ahead, Don. I, I kind of get that because it's as much as you don't understand what brought Erickson in with the Chapel family to begin with, um, it definitely pulls, it definitely shows more that the differences in why, uh, Erickson could never be part of that Chapel family because, you know, they're all about money and the finer things in life. And, and Erickson keeps saying, Oh, I'm glad I'll never, never get offered this much money again for, I, cause I won't compromise my morals. And <laughs> Chapel's like this much money, it'll take care of your morals. Once it starts flowing in, I'm just, I'm Sorry, just my sinuses and I'm just all no, okay. <laughs> weird talky. No, not at all. Uh, I, I, sorry if I, I stepped on your words there, but no, I, I, I agree with you on that because uh, he's continuously reminding us how he's just a poor Iowa farm boy. Yep. <laughs> like, constantly. It's like... well, uh, I, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say this whole middle section is, I mean, basically, I think it would have resonated to uh, with audiences at the time more than it does us because you know the movie was cashing in on the fad of of past life regression and and hypnotism and and all that kind of stuff uh, you know just reading up a little bit um there was a best-selling book at the time the search for bridie murphy which was this amateur hypnotist had his subject uh claimed to have a past life in Ireland as this Bridie Murphy who died in 1864 and this book became a bestseller and everybody was interested in this and basically that same year the studio's like oh let's cash in on this and they cranked out a movie in nine days uh, to get it out there in front of audiences to kind of exploit what everybody was talking about um, so, so you know where we don't necessarily maybe yeah okay whatever i think at the time at that particular time when the movie came out it would have been really topical and relevant and people would have been like oh yeah i completely (laughs) agree um at one point there's some dialogue in there about how um lombardi can he even ties it into the mummy because he goes back and says, oh, I can even take her back to Egyptian times. Yep. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to tie it in with, with other pop culture references. 
to make it relevant. So I absolutely agree with that. Oh yeah, I see that that it was inspired by that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the thing is, he's writing a book. That's one of the plot points. Yeah, is yeah. he's <laughs> writing the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the main plot point in there, and and I love how Chapel too is trying to get Lombardi to leave his house. He's like, "Get out of my house!" <laughs> he's like, oh, "No, I think I'll stay a little while longer." And he's like, "You're not getting the point, man." It's- I I did, yeah, I actually did enjoy the kind of the uh, relationship between Lombardi and, and Chapel, and and it was it, it was a little more complex and layered than just, you know, kind of a straightforward, Hey, let's get together and make money. Um, kind of, you know, what you were talking about and, and some other things. I thought their, the dialogue between them was actually fairly well written. And and there was actually quite a few spots in the movie where I thought the dialogue was, was kind of neat and and well written, but I think, yeah, for the most part, it it just kind of it does. It's not living up to the promise of that first the opening of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just takes that turn you're not expecting. I mean, well, for one, too, what surprised me with the Lombardi character, and I guess it's in a positive way, but still surprised me for how they set up his character. Would not have guessed him to be. Hey, yeah, I could make a lot of money off of this gig. You know, the way they set him up, he was taking his art seriously. And yet here he just like, oh, hell yeah, I'll cash it. (laughs) I'm just like sitting going, well, that's a bit of a different turn for, you know, what we've seen in a movie like this before with that type of mysterious hypnotist character. You don't think of him as being, you know, uh, looking for money. Well, and but he was he had at the beginning he was part of a carnival sideshow and he was trying very hard. I think the money was not so much a goal but a path. He was trying to get validation from actual scientists. Oh yeah. Because uh, there's that one scene when he's doing that demonstration and he pulls the one guy's eyeglasses off. Yeah. Where he's like, I thought I wanted your validation and whatever, but I guess that's not really what I want. So, I mean, yeah, the money was kind of there, but it wasn't the end goal. Mm -hmm. It was just another path. Yeah. Well, that was kind of surprised me, too, was doing the little supernatural tricks things of pulling the glasses or... Like when he is demonstrating for the first night at Chapel's party, how he she has an out of body experience and has her opening doors around the the room and closing drapes in that. I'm like, ah, I wasn't expecting them to see this. You know, I, I want to see some she creature damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I will say, I we don't. Unfortunately, our title character we don't get to see a whole lot of because. I loved this suit. Oh, Jason, what'd you think of this monster suit and the monster design for the she creature? Yeah, I thought it was, it was really neat. What, what did I write down? I wrote down, uh, is an amped up Gilman suit with boobs. <laughs> and, uh, but it was, you know, reading up on it, it was, it was, uh, who's the, the guy's name? Uh, uh, Paul Blaisdell. Um, yeah. Paul oh. Blaisdell. Yeah. And, uh, so he made the suit out of, uh, 
pair of long johns, uh, some welding gloves, and you know, foam rubber, uh, among other things, I would imagine. But I, yeah, it's got kind of a a neat look to it, and um, you know, instead of like a six pack of abs, it's got like spikes or fangs or whatever. It's just there's a lot of neat little uh, touches to it that uh, you know you could tell guy put a lot of work into it and yeah i thought it was it was pretty neat looking now i mean you know obviously it's 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 obviously a guy in a suit i mean <laughs> you can't get over that but this is the this is the 50s and and yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty neat it would it would have been neat i think to see it do more than just kind of club people with it you know that's kind of really all it did but um but i liked it i thought it was a cool creature yeah, I was hoping for those teeth uh, on the stomach to bite someone. Yes, and yes, that would have been great. Don, how about you with the design of the creature? You're you're a big creature feature uh, fan. What'd you think of the I, design of the creature? I didn't mind it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty creative. Um, you know, definitely a female creature. Got the boobs. <laughs> got the long hair. I, I noticed that uh, the second time around that it had actually long curly hair. Yes. Um. I did. I did note it was used in two movies after this, mm-hmm. um, featured in two movies after this. Um, yeah. I, I guess I, I would have liked to have seen more of the creature as more than just of spiritual mist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you guys, I wanted to see those belly teeth eat somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it, what surprised me too, for a film of this nature, and obviously the low budget, and you know the costume, as uh, Jason mentioned, you know, the, pieced together, I was actually impressed how many full body shots though we get of the she creature in this film. You know, in a good way. I thought it was impressive though, because a lot of times with films like this, you only see part of it, for the most part. You know, the arm or the face or the body. You don't usually get too many big. Shots, but here you get actually the number of shots when it is on screen, which unfortunately it's the title character, and I don't think it's on screen more than maybe five to ten minutes tops. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mostly about this relationship of Lombardi and Erickson and and you know Marla, which uh that whole thing was weird too, how they played out because Erickson here is he's infatuated with the with the uh assistant. And then Don, though, we, we get to the part near the end, near the climax, where Erickson wants to save the girl. And suddenly he drops this line, which threw me. I'm like, wait, when was that? He goes, well, now just remember everything I trained you about resisting him. And I'm like, wait, when? <laughs> yeah, there was a whole lot of story that was glossed over. Yeah. Like the entire romance. <laughs> yeah. Which was um, fine. <laughs> fine by me. <laughs> and and I and I didn't. I, I although I didn't really look all that hard. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see anything about a ton of it being cut out. I didn't see anything about a ton of um uh, about things being edited out. I just I'm not entirely certain. It was very well written. Um. <laughs> My biggest, I, 
my biggest problem with the movie is what wasn't there rather than what was. Oh, so, really? Like yes. what? Um, I mentioned this. I touched on it before. Mm-hmm. The big thing that this movie is lacking compared to every other movie of, of its peers is it is lacking a strong female lead. Mm-hmm. All the female characters in this movie are literally defined by their male counterparts um, to the point where the main female lead, uh, Audrey, the, the assistant, mm-hmm. her mind is literally controlled by um, uh, Lombardi. Mm-hmm. And she is only able to be saved by Erickson. And Dorothy's importance completely goes away once Erickson is no longer interested in her. And even all the other smaller part women have no independent anything except for what their husbands allow. And yes, it is a testament to the time, but all the other movies at that time, you know, you, you look at one of the other... One of my favorite movies of the 50s movies we've talked about, The Crawling Eye, mm-hmm. you have these wonderful, strong female cre- uh, female characters that, I mean, essentially the, the psychic is the heroine, and it's it's fantastic. And then this one is like, okay, I'm a, I'm a pawn literally controlled by the men around me. Okay, I'm in, I'm in love with Dr. Erickson, but am I really? Because he's controlling my mind now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, hmm. No, I noticed that too. I mean, and, and the wives are, are not, you know, oh, well, my wife's into the yeah. occult. Oh, and, you know, and, I'm not into yeah. that. But she, she's into all that crazy mumbo jumbo. And the other thing that drive, that drove me absolutely nuts was they actually had a scene that pointed out that men were immune to Lombardi's mind control. Yes. Yeah. But it, 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 this one really is a true testament because, like you say, yeah, not only with the crawling eye, but also them. Them had yep. a strong mm-hmm. female. Yep. Mm-hmm. A number of them that we've watched, uh, the majority, not all of them, but the majority of the ones we've watched for this series so far had a strong or at least uh you know uh somewhat strong female characters and in this one there isn't i mean here we have her which yeah you're right the assistant who she she's a very talented actress don't get me wrong i like the role she played absolutely but the what they wrote for her part i mean they've got this character of oh she knows she's under his control Yet she really isn't making any effort uh, up front that it looks like of her trying to run away. You, you know, and that surprised me. She hates him. I mean, she hates him with a passion, but she's still there. She's still doing this. Mm-hmm. Because it, he literally controlled her mind, whether she was awake or not. Right. It, it, but I mean, you know what? But it didn't even seem like she tried to fight it or even has a history of fighting him at all. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like she just accepted this role. That and the fact that she's the only female uh, actress out of everybody who seems to, we always catch her when she's undressing and dressing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. I wasn't the only one, Jason. You <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, that was pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, that led some creepy moments with Lombardi. He's in there and she's, I'm like, Really? 
Really? Yeah, no, I know she's behind a kind of see-through curtain, but do we need her getting dressed? I'm like, why is she in a robe at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that might have been even more um, acceptable or palatable if if it wouldn't have been this this story or this where she's just being controlled. So it's all it's all this kind of male fantasy kind of stuff and yes. and which is is well obviously some people are into that but <laughs> well but you touched on it this film is a is a, a pure male fantasy i mean here we have she creature she's a she creature and maybe they weren't intended to it maybe not done i could just be reading way too much into it i i know people have accused me of it but you could look at it at them making a statement about the inner female with the she creature being pulled from her past and, you know, how just the statement of how women are, are perceived by the opposite sex, especially during this time. Am I reading too much into it or, or is that? Oh, what... I love reading things into this. <laughs> I want a reason to like it. I do. So, you know, I was just, I kind of caught up on a, are they, are they trying to make a statement about how they see the inner woman, you know, you know, how they see, perceive her as, oh, well, she comes from a history of, of prehistoric, you know, back to just this type of creature behavior. It It is possible because he was able to push her so far mm -hmm. until she had something to fight for a man to fight for yeah. and then and then she would not be pushed anymore and she destroyed her maker creator whatever he considered himself yeah there was a bit of a frankenstein vibe going on mm. with this too uh maybe bride of frankenstein i'm not sure but um yeah, I just I just kind of caught that as well, and then and then the cops in this. Yeah, no kidding, right? Oh my god, the cops in this, Don Don. How'd you feel about our law enforcement officials, especially the one guy who so unceremoniously shows his badge? It's just hilarious. It, you know, I I, I yeah. <laughs> um. At, at least it, they they made an effort that the cops were trying to do something, even though they were completely ineffectual. And, um, yeah, how many I, times? I, how many times in the movie does the Lieutenant James say, "I know he's a murderer, but there's nothing I, I can do because I can't." Yeah, because I'm totally ineffectual. <laughs> yeah, totally ineffectual. <laughs> and and does I I. I didn't quite catch it. Did the did she creature actually kill him at the end, um, or did he just she just wound him and kill everybody else? I I think he I think the creature killed Lieutenant James, but his partner, that other guy, was still there. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. oh you know I don't know if he they left it fairly well open because they didn't follow up on that one. Yeah. Where they made it very clear that Lombardi. Was gone. Yes. 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 He, he was definitely dead. But yeah, they didn't make it. But I mean, again, like I said, how could take, anyone take a cop seriously like uh, Mr. Lieutenant James when 
he barely opened his badge fold. I mean, that party, it was great. Every time someone would come up to him to find out who he was, he'd just be like, eh, bleh, here. <laughs> just, I'm lieutenant. You know, I'm a cop. There you go. And it's like it's off to the side. He's barely showing the badge. I'm like, dude, are you just here for a paycheck? <laughs> I think there were a few people in this movie that were just there for a paycheck. <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> Well, and then the well in the beginning when they find the first two bodies, was it just me, or did one of the cops pocket the money they found? At the oh guy? yeah, he totally did. He totally yeah. put it right in his pocket. <laughs> oh look at this evidence. Oh, they left the money here. Huh? Oh, Six hundred dollars. It's not a robbery. And then he shoves it in his pocket. <laughs> He doesn't put it in an evidence bag or whatever. He no, just kind no. of slides that shit right in his pocket. <laughs> like, wow, man. <laughs> like, did, did that just happen? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you could tell they're they're trying to cash in not only on uh, the, the craze of the occult, uh, but also, you know, creature features at this time are becoming big. And so... An American, it's an American international, which is, you know, mm-hmm. yep. notorious for just cranking out some of these, whether they're good or bad. Um, yeah. What, Don? I'm sorry. Oh, nothing. I was going to say, I can't remember if it was this one that I was reading on. I'm sorry. I didn't take a note. No, it's But okay. was this one? Oh, yeah. Uh, allegedly. Okay, I just this is from IMDb. I it's it's allegedly, but this little bit of trivia that's on IMDb just makes me laugh and and kind of love Peter Lore even more, even though it's impossible to yeah. love Peter Lore any more than I already do. <laughs> allegedly, Peter Lore was so appalled by the script that he immediately fired his agent for trying to get him a part in this movie. <laughs> and that that's the kind of thing read that you just go. I, it's impossible to love you more, but I do. <laughs> well, can Could you have seen him in this movie? Yeah, so he was gonna. He was supposed to be the Doctor Lombardi, and that that would have put a whole different vibe and spin on that relationship because Chester Morris is he's um, kind of charismatic, and I, I don't know if he's handsome, but he's certainly not weird looking. You know what I mean? And and so there's there's a little bit of a um I don't know, it's just a different vibe. And if you would have had uh Peter Laurie in, in, in that role, I just think it would have been totally different. Not maybe oh, yeah. not totally different, but it just it would have had a very different vibe. Uh probably even creepier than than it than it already is, you know, the relationship between those two. Just because you know he he's such a, a, a an odd looking duck <laughs> yeah he he definitely had a thing um definitely a caricature of a villain oh yeah um not quite as over the top as like your caricature snidely whiplash yeah. but <laughs> yeah. but he definitely had some he definitely was going for a caricature of a villain rather than um, something singular. Yeah. Well, and what's funny too is he wasn't even pegged for the Lombardi character. He was pegged to play Timothy Chapel, which. Oh, really? Peter Laurie was apparently tagged to play uh, Chapel. Edward Arnold was originally oh. going to be Doctor Lombardi, but Arnold died. 
Oh, wow. Uh, before wow. production. And so, and you know, when, when Chester Morris finally played it because uh, Arnold passed away, uh, apparently Peter Laurie, you know, he left and uh, who's it? Mike Connors was supposed to play Doc, Dr. Erickson. So they were supposed to get a like a completely different cast. Wow. This film. But I couldn't see Peter Laurie as the chapel character at all. I'm like, wow, whose no, idea I, of casting I, was that? Yeah, I totally saw him as the Lombardi character. Yeah. When I was when I was reading it, I obviously did not read that as closely as I should have, no, but I, I just assumed he was the Lombardi character because that's what <laughs> To me, that, that would have that would have made more sense, and just would have been uh, probably really cool. Well, well, and we all know Peter Laurie. I mean, it's just natural. I mean, if I was the casting person, I'd be like, "Yep, you're Lombardi." You know, I yep. wouldn't have thought of, "Oh no, you're going to play the rich tycoon who invests in Lombardi." I'm like, "That's not Peter Laurie." Right, right. That would definitely have. I mean, really, that would have thrown a completely different spin on how the perception of the Chapel family and how they acquired their wealth. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would make it seem a bit more shady, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that would make things really shady for. Damn for it! I need to go watch the Comedy of Terrors. Oh <laughs> yes, or the Raven, or both. Mm-hmm. Love me the Raven. Uh, that I could watch over and over again as well, but yeah. So <laughs> I'm not sure there's a whole lot to this film, really. No, there's so it, not so much to this film. There really isn't. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting little bit of cinema, and yeah, it made on a hundred thousand dollars apparently, uh, which yep. you could which you could tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, but they managed to uh, have the monster push a car off a cliff. That's Dude, always oh. that's always great in fifties movies. <laughs> I, I made I made a comment on that too. I'm like, hey, at least they hit that cliche. <laughs> yes, yes. A car going off a cliff. Although it didn't explode when it hit the bottom, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> I was totally expecting it to explode. I'm like, oh. Look. <laughs> She creature just comes up, randomly kills two teenagers in a car. Yes, it's over the cliff. Yeah, it didn't blow up. What the hell? No. <laughs> you know, and I'm wondering at what point they decided to call the movie She Creature. Yeah. Because they were calling the killer the Beach Killer. And then yeah. sometime around midway, they started calling it She Creature. Oh, and geez. I don't even know how they determined it was a female creature. Well, the 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 breasts were pretty prominent. <laughs> yeah, um, but nobody was seeing it. Well, he but but Lombardi called it, I think, uh, a female at some point. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know how they determined. They didn't look I, under yeah, its tail really, or anything. I, I may have to. I may have to uh, watch it that again, um, and and check that out. You you really and, don't have to. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> It, I mean, if it wasn't for the slow bit in the middle, this film I think would be a lot better. But it just it gets it takes that turn with with Lombardi becoming big, popular, and his book selling for four ninety eight. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you got the price for the book. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's those trivia instincts kicking in. You're watching it. You're going, "Oh, look, it's four ninety eight for the book." I, I, yeah. My, my notes don't only have like notes, notes. They have quotes and drawings, and <laughs> so yeah, things like 
book prices and license plate numbers. <laughs> Might as well do that trivia the, the look up while you're there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, when you got dialogue in here, though, as long as I am alive, I'll possess you, and you've taken my soul away from me. And yeah, just all this dialogue with the female characters, it, it truly is an example of the male dominant culture that existed in the fifties. Yep. And yeah, cool monster, interesting, a really solid beginning and it kind of falls off. And yeah, I don't think we've got much more to talk about it today. This might be a shorter episode, but on this film, yeah, there's not a huge amount to it. But uh, you mentioned, Jason, it was filmed in like nine days. Nine days. That's what I what I read. Yeah. So they they cranked it out. It does show. Yes. But, you know, with as few locations as they had, you know, I, I could see that. And maybe that kind of attributes too to some of the performances or lack of performances we get out of out of people. Um, right. You know, but I will never, I, I think it's going to be a while before I catch, uh, Ted Erickson, who was played by Lance Fuller, get, get that out of his mind of the image of him whenever he'd see Marla, his face would just be like, Oh, and I'm just like, really, dude? I'm like, can you be more obvious? <laughs> and another side note of a very famous animal in there. Yes. Let's talk about the dog in the Lassie moment just a little bit. Don, did you want to say who uh, who our famous animal is in this? Well, our our uh, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong because I'm trying to do this from memory. Um, our our star dog King, his name in the in the mm-hmm. movie is King, and he's uh, Dorothy Chapel's dog. Um, is uh, I believe his actual name is Spike. Yes, and. Spike was old yeller. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean they I mean I I'm surprised he didn't get top billing for this. <laughs> no know. kidding, right? Well, I, I mean, mean it, yeah. it explains the it explains that the dog was actually a character and not just a dog, but he would they actually that's a good point. They actually made the dog a character. And the dog had a huge part in it in um Interacting with the she creature and interacting with uh, Lombardi mm-hmm. and interacting with the spirit or soul of Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, it did actually play a part. I mean, it, it pointed them to uh, uh, the the bodies. Mm-hmm. It it he yep. had the Lassie moment. What Lassie? Little Timmy just got mauled by a female <laughs> lizard person. Let's go find out. <laughs> you, you know, so you get that moment. Yeah, and it, the dog is very prominent throughout the film. In fact, uh, used to kind of validate our Lombardi character, who shows, see, I can control a dog. Yeah, like, yeah, that's great, Chief. You can control dogs. Way to go. <laughs> Which though, let's. I'm. Oh, that's me reading too much into it again. I'm a sorry. Uh, I, I won't go there, or I can go there. Don, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Which oh. another is a parallel? Which, if you look at how he talks about how easily he controls dog, and he seems to easily control women, shows uh-huh. you maybe the possible equivalency between the two, as perceived yep. by the film. Oh, good. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good. So, uh, Jason, I'm not too off on that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> they're they're just our pets, you know. Yeah this this was this was the opposite of of women empowering. <laughs> yeah, very very much the opposite. Uh, well, yeah, because even at the end scene where she's trying to stand up to Lombardi, she's constantly like looking over at Erickson, like, huh? Huh? And I'm like, because she doesn't have the strength without his mind power to help her. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a sign of the times that is the she creature. Uh, but filled the nine days, and if they toss the screenplay as quick as you know, even quicker than that, it maybe kind of explains it because the writer was Lou uh, Rustoff, who wrote both the story and the screenplay. And he wrote, uh, apparently wrote Beach Party, and it conquered the world, and uh, up writing all the way up, oh, back to the beach, well, for the characters, anyway. Um, What else is he credited with? But Drag Strip Girl, oh, yeah, here we go, Drag Strip Girl, Cat Girl, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, A Rock, Runaway Daughters, Flesh in the Spur, Girls in prison. Wow, this makes so much sense on why this script is the way it is now. <laughs> Seriously, before he before he wrote She Creature, yep. he wrote Girls in Prison, and then afterwards, uh, he wrote Shake, Rattle, and Rock. Then Runaway Daughters, Drag Strip Girl, Cat Girl, Motorcycle Gang, Hot Rod Gang. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this. There you go, folks. There's a reason exactly by. Oh, yeah, and he did write Beach Party in 1963. Uh, and so that explains a whole lot now. It all comes into focus now of why the film is the way it is. Uh, so we'll wrap it up here tonight for It Came From the 50s. So we're going to do like we do with every one of these special episodes. I'm going to ask this wonderful crew one thing that the she creature taught you about the 50s. Jason? Um, I would say that uh, that a B-grade monster movie from the 50s can be can echo very eerily with our uh, current uh, situation here in in the 20 teens. So think about it. You've got a man in the entertainment industry using his power to control and abuse a beautiful woman. Oh. I mean, does that does that sound like you know? Jason, you're awesome. <laughs> And, or, and, and, so, uh, uh, Chapel, uh, one of his favorite lines by me, or uh, his favorite lines of mine is, uh, he goes, that's the stuff, that's the stuff, the big lie, that's what sells. I mean, that could be, you know, political strategy. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, 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 you know, this, it's, it's just a little bit eerie, you know? Yeah. It is eerie. And now that you mentioned it, thank you. Now I'm not going to look at this film quite the same way. <laughs> well said, Jason. And Don, how about you? What did you learn from the 50s? From the- I learned from this particular 50s film that if a monster with large breasts and long hair shambles slowly at me across the room that... I don't need to get up and scream or fight or do anything. I just, I just lay there and, and, and shriek and hold on to my bed and let him tip me over and kill me. 
Because <laughs> that's the appropriate thing to do. That's that's what I'm told. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm told. And and what did I learn from the fifties? Uh, I learned that uh, animals should be more respected in the acting community because I think Spike put in one of the best performances in this film. Absolutely. <laughs> it was genuine. It was honest. He's very prominent, delivered all his barks on cue. And, <laughs> you know, I thought it was a solid performance. So I think it shows how a, animal actors to this day are mistreated and need to get better billing. So there you go. That's that's what I learned from from the, the she creature. All right. So there you have it, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this discussion. We don't have too many more of these. We're creeping up. It's going to be the next one. Episode 200. Can you dig it? Uh, so you'll want to look for that. And now, uh, after that shill is done, here we have the moment where I can get these folks to shill to you anything or everything that they might have in the hopper in the future or still out there today. So, Jason, you got anything for us? No, I got nothing, but I'll be on here every once in a while. So you can make sure to watch, listen to the spoiler room every episode because you might catch me sometimes. Absolutely. That, that, there you go. That's a great, awesome. Thank you, Jason. That's great motivation for people. See, you never know when Jason will be on. So you'll you have never to know. You got to check in. Yep. That's right. Well said. And Dawn? Okay. So now this is, we're getting to the time of the year where I actually am probably going to update the website. So you can find me in the audience.net, especially look for more episodes on the spoiler room and in the audience.net and because we're going to be updating like mad with the 31 days of horror coming up for our annual festivities and Northeast Wisconsin horror fest in quaint little Oshkosh, Wisconsin with all sorts of great films with it. That is it exactly. That is exactly going to be it one month from the time of this recording. Oh my gosh, it is. It is. It is. Wow, yeah. One month from this time of this recording, we will be in Oshkosh preparing for the scene. We'll be watching Maximum Overdrive. We'll be watching Maximum Overdrive and getting ready for a weekend of horror films from indie cinema from far and wide and from Wisco Horror right here. So there will be an episode on that as is tradition here in the spoiler room. Thank you so much for joining us. And now, folks, say goodnight. Good night. Good night. Hey, all my friends out there looking for more Spoiler Room goodness? Then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive Spoiler Room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and on to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the Spoiler Room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support, and remember in the Spoiler Room that conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.